Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about the Seneca Falls Convention. So grab your declaration of sentiments. And let's get civical. Hello, every single one of you. Every single one of you. Humans, cats, dogs, giraffes, everybody. And otherwise. And otherwise. (laughs) Speaking of giraffes, I did just go to the Bronx Zoo last week, which this podcast is not sponsored by the Bronx Zoo, but to our sweet, sweet listeners, if you are in the New York metropolitan area, highly recommend It is a superior zoo. I have never been, and it's quite a shame. I know that I should go because it is... Especially because you're close to it. (laughs) I am. Yes, I am. I am close to it. I was closer to it in my old apartment, but now, but I'm still very close. I think it's just because I grew up, like, going to the Toledo Zoo, which is Mm. an amazing zoo. It's, like, one of the Mm -hmm. top, you know, on the travel lists of zoos. It's one of the top ones. And so I'm kind of just, like... I don't know. Like I, I grew up going to a. I was spoiled. I was spoiled. If I'd sure. grown up going to the Central Park Zoo, right? I mean, that's basically just a torture chamber for those poor animals. It's a torture chamber. I obviously have never been to the Toledo Zoo, so I can't compare the Toledo with the Bronx. But I, I do think it's worth you going to the Bronx Zoo. Okay, take the day. You know, yeah, like go on an off season day and just mm. see what it has to offer. I just am very impressed by it, by its layout, yeah. by its like whole vibe. So, highly recommend. Again, this podcast is not sponsored by the Bronx Zoo, but that's just a fun fact about what I did last week. Great. We've decided we love a zoo. We love a zoo. We love a zoo. We love a zoo uh, and uh, just recommending the Bronx Zoo. But, um, just want to quickly say, uh, since we we didn't say this quite at the top, but uh, this is a Let's Get Civical, and I'm Lizzie Stewart. <laughs> it's only episode 128, and somehow we still managed to fuck it We're up. We're never going to get it right. We're never going to get, right. get it right. Some, no. You know, it's ebbing and flowing. Uh, and I am Arden Walentowski. I didn't even Perfect. Nailed it. <laughs> we are doing so well today. So well. Nailing it left yep. and right. Absolutely. And um, oddly enough, we're not talking about any animals today. It's very sad. I don't know how to how to connect the Bronx Zoo to today's episode topic. You know what? They're both 
New York related. True. True. So welcome to New York. We're here. (laughs) And today, obviously, we're talking about the Seneca Falls Convention, where are my ladies at? (laughs) Wow. It's a girly girl episode. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, in my brain, I was like, girly girls. And then, like, thinking about what these women looked like, I was like... They're not girly girls. They're not girly <laughs> They're girly girls of the 18... The mid-1800s. true. Like, can it's you true. blame them? It's true. They did have, like, curly hair and, like, those weird, you know, like, kind of lacy dresses. But all of their faces are just, like, hard-edged, like... Ah. Sure. I mean, a lot of stress. A lot of stress. A lot of a, stress. As a, they as had a young no lady... Rights. They had no rights. They had, you had no right. That's right. I would be pissed too if I had, I mean. Very pissed. Very pissed. Hard lines. Mm -hmm. But ironically, it certainly took them 10 times longer to get ready in the morning than me. And I think they're more of a girly girl than I am because Mm. quite frankly, I'm like, my, my whole getting ready routine since COVID has started is like, Brush hair, put in velvet scrunchie, <laughs> leave the leave the house, and that's it. <laughs> Whereas they're like, put on corset, put on first layer of shirt, put on second layer of shirt, put on long skirt, stockings, put on shoes, curl hair into a very very tight bun, <laughs> or updo situation. It's true. Then, it's true. Then don't leave the house. And <laughs> don't leave the stay in. You stay do all in. of this to just stay in and wait for the postman to ring your bell and tell you whether your husband is cheating on you. And that's I mean that's the dream. Quite possibly one of my most favorite episodes. Yes. Uh, just for that tidbit alone. I love that. Absolutely. Please go listen to our post office episode because the things we learned about the postman whistling to the to the inhabitants of the residencies uh, is to die for. To die for. To die for. Yeah. But yeah, before we uh, before we jump into talking about the Seneca Falls Convention, something I may say, I definitely always heard of it, but like this will definitely be the first time that I'm truly deep diving into what actually happened at the convention. It was just always yeah. this little like Seneca Falls Convention, you know, prompted... Like, all of these, right, marches for women and voting and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but not, like, the, the, the nitty-gritty, the mut- the nuts and bolts, if you will. No, I had no idea. I, I think, like, I knew it was, like, a place where good things happened for women. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. And that's about it. That's about it. So, before we jump in, do you want to go over today's Asharsha Ronan's Horses? Sure, 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 sure. So today we just have two and they're kind of our tried and trues. It's Ugh. history.com and Absolutely. And, you know, they're they're just, you know, they're they're tested. They're tested sources. They're tried and true. They're tried and true. Yep. Yeah. If I was if I was in an emergency, I would call history.com at this mm-hmm. point. They are my his my they my uh, my emergency contact. <laughs> At this point, I feel like we've just like every episode is an ad for history.com. Yeah. Not sponsored. Not, not sponsored, sponsored. Just a big fan. Just a big fan. Big fan of their big work. Big fan of their work. Yeah. So let's start off where I need to start off, which is what 
was the Seneca Falls Convention. So we can just build upon that for sure. Like Arden said, these notes are coming from History.com and ThoughtCo. So originally known as the Women's Rights Convention, the Seneca Falls Convention fought for the social, civil, and religious rights of women. Interesting about the religious part of it. Yeah. Can't wait to learn more. The meeting was held from July 19th to 20th, 1848, at the Wesleyan Chapel in Seneca Falls, New York. So anniversary coming up in just a few days, which is why we're doing this episode now. Despite scarce publicity, 300 people, mostly area residents, showed up. On the first day, only women were allowed to attend. The second day was open to men. Hell yeah, that's called exclusivity, Mm -hmm. and we love it. Mm -hmm. We'd love to see it. How does it feel? How does it feel to not be invited? New York's hottest club is the Seneca Falls Convention. (laughs) Elizabeth Cady Stanton, one of the meeting's organizers, began with a speech on the convention's goals and purpose. She said, quote, We are assembled to protest against a form of government existing without the consent of the governed, to declare our right to be free as man is free, to be represented in the government which we are taxed to support, to have such disgraceful laws as give man the power to chastise and imprison his wife, to take the wages which she earns, the property which she inherits, and, in case of separation, the children of her love. Go! off elizabeth caddy stanton she's like i am sick of this i have no money and if i if i want to leave my husband he also gets to keep my kids yeah no yeah she had had it up to here with this bullshit oh yeah she was done she was done yeah i love this i Mm -hmm. love this speech the convention proceeded to discuss the 11 resolutions on women's rights all passed unanimously except for the ninth resolution, which demanded the right to vote for women. Just. <laughs> Ladies. Uh. Stanton and African-American abolitionist Frederick Douglass gave impassioned speeches in its defense before it eventually and barely passed. Yeah. So it did end up passing, but not unanimously, which yes. is insane yes insane that like they literally had to get up again stanton and frederick douglas had to get up and say hey right um sorry i don't really get what you're not getting right none of this is going to work if you can't vote so right because i don't understand the rationale of like how do you expect to ensure that any of the things that you are arguing for, like keeping your own inherited property, right, are going to continue to be available to you if you don't have the ability to say, hey, I want that, or hey, right. I don't want that. Like, if right. you don't have the ability to vote. Like, that's kind of the whole deal. Yeah. I feel like they were like, this is the key to the castle my 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 people (laughs) come come love that we got there but like wowzers that Mm -hmm. this was this was the one resolutions and i'm pretty sure we're getting into the resolutions a little bit later yeah but that this was the one where people were like "Ugh, 
to vote? I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know, you guys. Okay, what are, what are next we're going to be, like, president? This is crazy. <laughs> crazy. I don't think we're supposed to be doing that. I don't think this is what God intended, honestly. No. no. Okay, so then we're going to talk about who were the organizers. Mm. So there were five women who organized the Seneca Falls Convention who were also active in the abolitionist movement. That's the other thing, is that, like, these movements were intertwined and, like, you know, they're trying to do basically this, like, have the same kind of effect, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, freeing women is, like, more metaphorical than actually freeing people from being owned. But they're, like, trying to, like, do, they're trying to get basic rights for these two groups of people. So I yeah. love that, like, and I know that it wasn't all, like, copacetic, but I love that there's interaction between these two movements. Yeah, there definitely was an intention at the at the cr- beginning of this where Basically, both movements were working in tandem to support each other. Now, I think ultimately, as history showed, like the the women's movement did in many ways leave behind specifically women of color and like, yeah. you know, yeah. foregoed continuing their causes to support the yes. process of like getting white women their rights. Yeah. So that did end up happening. But as you said, it's like at the beginning of this, that was very much the intention and why Frederick Douglass was present Yes, That's this whole thing. Exactly. So, yeah, so they were the, the five organizers who were women were also active in the abolitionist movement, which obviously called for an end to slavery and racial discrimination. The organizers included one Elizabeth Cady Stanton, who was a leading women's rights advocate and a driving organizer of the Seneca Falls Convention. She first became invested in women's rights after talking to her father, a law professor and his students. She studied at Troy Female Seminary and worked on women's property rights reforms in the early 1840s. Go off. Great. Go off, Elizabeth. Great. And I'm not just saying that because we share a name. No. Another person who I would like to call and say, Lizzie, it's Lizzie. Lizzie? That's <laughs> how's, Lizzie. I'm just, how's it going for you? Yeah, you've got some good Elizabeths to give yeah, a Yeah, strong to. Elizabeths in history. I am. I am blessed. Yes, yes. I, I think it's just me. You are the only Arden. I think it's just me. In history, period. <laughs> period. Period. It's just me. I'll call myself. The second organizer, her name was Lucretia Mott. I love the name Lucretia. I don't know Lucretia. Why. I think it's so like... Yeah, one that really died over over time. Not a ton of Lucretias. Yeah, not you a ton. see that name. <laughs> you better hold your breath because now Brooklyn's going to bring it back. I know. Or there's going to be one of our sweet listeners is like, my name's Lucretia. <laughs> I'm like, go off, Lucretia. Go, go off. off. I want you to be here. Congrats. Congrats on your name. Lucretia Mott was a Quaker preacher from Philadelphia, and she was known for her anti-slavery, women's rights, and religious reform activism. Mary McClintock was the daughter of, of Quaker anti-slavery, temperance, and women's rights activists. In 1833, she and Lucretia Mott organized the Philadelphia Female Anti-Slavery Society. And at the Seneca Falls Convention, Mary McClintock was appointed secretary. Hell yeah. Yeah. You take those notes. You take them. I also love that, like, so far, these people are, like, like, they come from, or, like, these aren't just random people who are, like, I think I want to vote now. Like, these people, like, yeah organizing begets organizing that these people are coming from families who like clearly influence them in some way 
and sure. gave them sure. like a, a lot of Quakers. A lot of Quakers. Martha Coffin Wright, who was Lucretia Mott's sister, she was also a lifelong proponent of women's rights and an abolitionist who ran a station on the Underground Railroad from her home in Auburn, New York. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's, that's called doing the work. Mm-hmm. That's called literally doing the work. Yeah. You are you are putting yourself at risk to save people's lives. That yeah. is, shout out to Martha, doing the work. Great. And last but not least, Jane Hunt, who was another Quaker activist and a member of McClintock's extended family through marriage. A lot of relations. Relations, relations. Which, I mean, kind of makes sense, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, you're going to start with your internal community, and then... And then you branch out. will spread outward and outward and outward. Stanton and Mott first met in London in 1840, where they were attending the World Anti-Slavery Convention with their husbands, which is, like, such a... Like the fact I had no that idea this was a I thing. I had no idea it was a thing. I was like, the what now? The who, what, where? Wow. Okay. Uh, like, great. Amazing. Great. Love to see it. <laughs> Definitely was necessary at this time because yes. obviously the United States, while a major proponent, was not the only, only proponent one. in participating yes. in slavery. Yes. But when the convention excluded women delegates solely based on their sex, the pair resolved to hold a women's rights convention. I love oh, yeah. that. They were like, you're telling us no? Okay, fuck you then. We'll have our own. Okay, thing. well, we'll have our own convention. No convention. And you're not invited. <laughs> That's right. And you can't come. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Back in the United States, women's rights reformers had already begun contending for women's rights to speak out on moral and political issues beginning in the 1830s. Around the same time in New York, where Stanton lived, legal reformers had been discussing equality and challenging state laws prohibiting married women from owning property. Yes. Yeah. Start talking about it. I beg of you. (laughs) I beg of you. Scream about it. By 1848, equal rights for women were was a divisive issue. Uh, Very divisive. Very divisive. Can you believe it? Yeah. But basically, like, what it's saying is, like, there were, like, legal channels. Kind of like what's, you know, what happens with most movements is, like, people start funneling things through the court to challenge Mm. either prior rulings or preconceived notions or just kind of status quo or whatever norms etc and then also there's like the social changes and the social movements that happen on the ground and so there's like direct you know kind of legal organizing and then like the social organizing and both of those were like yeah you know becoming more and more focused on giving more white rights to to women which right and in many ways like the social organizing Pretty much historically always like provides an immense amount of pressure on the legal organizing. Yeah. So that's what we're kind of starting to see here is the social organizing starting to form that pressure on the legal organizing. 100%. So then in July of 1848, Stanton, who was frustrated with her role of staying at home raising kids. Yes. Fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Fuck that. I don't. If you want to do it, that's great. But like if you are forced to do that and you want to do something else with your life like you should be given the opportunity it's all about choice it's all about choice she convinced mott wright and mcclintock to help organize the seneca falls convention and write its main manifesto the declaration of sentiments oh <laughs> i love this can't you just see like i don't this is not i'm sure how it happened but i just see them with like strollers walking down the street like i'm really fucking tired of this do you want to have a convention <laughs> <laughs> yeah except it's like all like it's through like very beautiful penmanship 
um, yes. letters. Yes. Dear Lucretia, <laughs> over it. <laughs> Literally done. Let's meet in Seneca. I'll be there on Tuesday. Talk then. <laughs> oh, my God. If I could throw up on one more time, I swear, I swear to Jesus. <laughs> we are going to meet and we're going to convene. We're going to convene. We're going to convene. Together, the five women drafted a notice to announce, quote, a convention to discuss the social, civic, and religious condition and rights of woman. And they did it around Jane Hunt's tea table. Not her dining room table. Her tea table. Come over. Come over. Somebody who has the best writing. Mm -hmm. Come over. Great. I'll make the tea. Let's revolt. Let's revolt. Okay. Mary, write this down. Number one. Done with the bullshit. Number two. <laughs> I love it. I love it. This is great. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking of the Declaration of Sentiments, let's talk about the Declaration and the resolutions that we've been teasing all episode, what they did, what they said, all of the things. So the Declaration of Sentiments was the Seneca Fall Convention's manifesto that described women's grievances and demands. Written primarily by Elizabeth Cady Stanton, it called on women to fight for their constitutionally granted right to equality as U.S. citizens. She's like, honey, read, read the Constitution. It's all there. Yeah. It's all there. It's all there. It's actually all there. 
We don't have to do a ton of work because it's it's already there. Give it a perusal. Give it a glance over. Quote, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men and women are created equal. End quote. The document, which was the Declaration of Sentiments, stated... Inspired, obviously, by the Declaration of Independence, the Declaration of Sentiments asserted women's equality in politics, family, education, jobs, religion, and morals. Love yeah. morals. Love, Love morals. The Declaration began with 19, quote, abuses and usurpations, end quote, that were destined to destroy a woman's, quote, confidence in her own powers to lessen her self-respect, and to make her willing to lead a dependent and abject life, end quote. Oh. Elizabeth is mad. She's she mad. She is oh. over it. I she love is so it. done with being bored and at home and being able to do nothing about it. Yeah, she's like, I didn't agree to this shit. I don't did want this. Agree. Get me out. Get me did out. Did not agree to this. Because women didn't have the right to vote, a right given to, quote, most. (laughs) You don't have to read that. (laughs) A right given to, quote, the most ignorant and degraded men, end quote. They were forced to submit to laws to which they did not consent. Women were denied an education and issued an inferior role in the church. Moreover, women were required to be obedient to their husbands and prevented from owning property, including the wages they earned, which technically belonged to their husbands. And they received unequal rights upon divorce. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, she's like, I mean, we all know. We all know that this is how it was. But she was literally writing pen to paper all of the things in one document and man, when you list one after the other, it's like, yikes, mcgikes. Yikes, mcgikes. That's this a lot. was some bullshit. Bullshit. In light of these abuses, the Declaration called on women to, quote, throw off such government. Throw off. Throw honey. it off. Throw, throw off. Throw it in the garbage. We're not doing it anymore. Throw that shit We're not going to take it. We're not going to take it anymore. Storyboard a new life. Throw it mm-hmm. off. Mm, it's mm, done. Mm, We're yep. done. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about the resolutions. Like we said, they were all eventually resolved. So there's 11 of them. The first one was, it was resolved at the convention that laws, that such laws as conflict in any way with the true and substantial happiness of woman are contrary to the great precept of nature. Yes. And of yeah. no validity. She's like, if we're not happy, it's not right. And it's not natural. And it's not natural. It's not natural. For this is, quote, superior in obligation to any other. Yes. Mm. It's the most important thing. I love this. Uh, yeah. Yeah, babe. Yeah. So <laughs> Women not happy? Shit gonna go down. Not it's natural. gonna get thrown off. I love, mm-hmm. I love the, the use of throw off. Throw off that government because it just sounds throw so throw colloquial. Off that it sounds so modern, like because we say like go off or like whatever. It yeah. just sounds like throw off that. Oh, let's bring that back. Make it, make it happen. I'm ready. I'm ready to bring it back. Two. It was also resolved that all laws which prevent women from occupying such a station in society as her conscience shall dictate, 
or which placed her in a position inferior to that of man are contrary to the great precept of nature and therefore of no force or authority. Yes. Yeah. Yes. If you like literally anything that keeps a woman from like doing what she wants to do and occupying the space that she wants to occupy. Yeah. Go against nature. Go against nature. Bye. Bye. No authority. Nature does not agree. Mm. It is not valid. Mm. Chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. I'm loving it. Uh-huh. Number three, it was also resolved that woman is man's equal, which was intended to be so by the capital C creator. And the highest mm. good of the race demands that she should be recognized as such. She's like, yeah, the human of the human race, if we're all going to be like, if we're going to be morally good, then you have to recognize that fully half of us who are not considered humans right now because we're women are like valid and human and, and yeah. like have every single right to do what we want as you do. And also it's as God intended, honey. It's as God intended. I love that. It's literally as the capital C creator intended. Yeah. Creator, which is God, intended us to be equal, man and woman, equal. Equal. Fourth, it was resolved that the women of this country, U.S. dot, ought to be enlightened in regard to the laws under which they live. Absolutely. Absolutely. That Absolutely. they may no longer publish their degradation by declaring themselves satisfied with their present condition, nor mm-hmm. their ignorance by asserting that they have all the rights that they want. I love that. She's literally like, I'm done. I'm done with these bullshit arguments of like, I don't want to vote. Right. I don't capable. need, I'm actually very I happy with not, how things are. Yes. I'm it's not like, no, 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 you're actually not. No. And stop saying that. And stop saying that that's what we're saying. Cause that's not what we're saying. That's not actually. what we're saying. Fifth, it was resolved that in as much as man while claiming for himself, intellectual superiority does accord to woman moral superiority it is preeminently his duty to encourage her to speak and teach as she has an opportunity in all religious assemblies. He's literally like in church. Let her speak up. Let her speak like, up. Let her speak up. Let her be a part of the conversation of morality yes. because she actually knows. She is a moral person. She has a moral purpose and a moral compass. I think it's ironic maybe that like women weren't thought of as moral. And I'm sure that has to do with like sex and children and. Never mind that it takes two to make a baby, but like, let's put a pin in Never that fact. Well, but like, I also think that it was like this this notion that like, not maybe that women weren't moral, but that they couldn't understand morality because they were so easily influenced. Mm-hmm. You know that that like women were looked at as these like pure beings who couldn't think for themselves or like, you know, be able to make judgment calls right. or or like have any sort of i don't know a- autonomy over their actions right that they were just like the subservient thing that could be easily manipulated swayed or and influenced yeah. they didn't even have like the mental capacity to be on the same intellectual level as men so how could they be on the same moral level as men right meanwhile men are solving their problems by shooting each other in duels yes like, Correct. As God intended. Okay. Show me how that is intelligent. No, oh, I like this one. Sixth, it is resolved that the same amount of virtue, delicacy, and refinement of behavior that is required of woman in the social state should also be required of man, and mm. the same transgressions should be visited with equal severity on both man and woman. Yes. Hell yeah. Yes. Hell yes. Yeah. Mm-mm. I mean, we have this problem today. She's saying, take your hat off, don't scratch your balls, and we will not yeah. do that. We won't do yeah. 
we will do the same. Like, yeah. The women on. can be the only ones required to be held to a high standard of etiquette. Right. You know. Number seven. It was resolved that the objection of indelicacy and impropriety, which is so often brought against woman when she addresses a public audience, comes with a very ill grace from those who encourage by their attendance her appearance on the stage, in the concert, or in the feats of the circus. So what, she's saying that like women should be able to speak publicly? <laughs> I think that's what she's saying, although it sounds very, like, very odd. I wonder if she literally just means like being front and center, like mm-hmm. well, yeah, almost it, like a metaphor, like kind of in the dirt of it. Like that would be... Yeah. You know, not. I don't think she actually literally means a circus, but I mean, maybe. No, 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 but no, no. I think she I don't means think so like. I think it's, it's like this notion like, that it's like improper for yeah. women to be center stage, and like yes. we're not, we're not about that. No, no. it's actually very proper it's for women very... to speak publicly, yes. speak her mind, and like yes. assert space in that it's way. It's actually amazing, amazing, and we love it. Number eight. It was resolved that woman has too long rested, satisfied in the circumscribed limits without corrupt customs and a perverted application of the scriptures have marked out for her and that it is time she should move in the enlarged sphere which her great creator has assigned her. Oh my God. I feel like she's getting very flowery with these later resolutions. Yeah. But basically, I, what I think she's saying is, like, I'm done with people using scripture to keep me subservient, and actually scripture says that I should be flourishing. I think that's exactly what she's saying. Yeah. So uh, she's tired of, of, of men basically telling her this is what God intended. Yes. When she has done read the Bible, and mm-hmm. it is not what God intends. No. Nope, so nope, stop nope. with that argument, mm-hmm. and good day. Good day. Number nine, it was resolved that it is the duty of the women of this country to secure to themselves the sacred right to the elective franchise. So this is what we were talking about. The elective franchise being the right to vote. So that's the one that did not pass unanimously and required Caddy Stanton and Frederick Douglass to get up and say, Hello. Guys and gals. We need to vote in order to make this happen. So come on. Number 10, it was resolved that the equality of human rights results necessarily from the fact of the identity of the race and capabilities and responsibilities. So with this, I mean, this is, she's just talking about we're all equal. Yeah. She's being like, we're all humans. We all have the same rights, responsibilities, capabilities. We all have a basic standard of you know, based, right. like a and this baseline is where, like, of the... credibility and worthiness. Right. And this is where you kind of see the abolitionist movement and the yeah. the sort of women's rights movement kind of co- colliding. Or not colliding, but um, like mixing overlapping. together, blending. Yeah. Mm. And number 11, this one's long, so bear with me. Because like I said, her language is flowery. Finally... Resolved, therefore, that being invested by the creator with the same capabilities and the same consciousness of responsibility for their exercise, it is demonstrably the right and duty of woman equally with man 
to promote every righteous cause by every righteous means, and especially in regard to the great subjects of morals and religion, it is self-evidently her right to participate with her brother in teaching them, both in private and in public, by writing and by speaking, by any instrumentalities proper to be used, and in any assemblies proper to be held. And this being a self-evident truth, growing out of the divinely implanted principles of human nature, any custom or authority adverse to it, whether modern or wearing the hoary, hoary sanction of antiquity, is to be regarded as self-evident falsehood and at war with the interests of mankind. That was one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> She's learned well from Tommy J. I mean, Lots my commas, God, they really. Period. We'll get through it. It will be a page. There was, uh, yes, I was like, okay, semicolons, okay, commas, I see you. So, wow. I feel like this is like kind of a, uh, almost like a summary of yes. all of the other resolutions, even yeah. though it's its own resolution. Yeah. Which is like, I think in, to surmise, man and woman are created equal. And anything in any sphere, whether that be politics, religion, education, etc., that tries to keep woman in a subservient position to man or tries to tell woman that she cannot be on the same plane as man is completely false and at war with the interest of mankind. Yes. Yes. I, I, I agree with that summary. Very well done. Yeah. Very well that's, done. That's that whole resolution. And yeah. you know what? I agree. Snaps. I agree. She's not even like, I mean, there's no like dancing around and like making an argument about why she thinks that this is true. She's literally just like, this is true. Yeah. So get on board. It is evidently false if you think otherwise. Yeah. It's exactly what like the Declaration of Independence is, which is like, we hold these truths Truths to be be self-evident. All men are created equal. Truth. Yes. Yes. He wrote the truth and everybody was like, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. So she's doing the exact same thing. Yeah. She's like, this is the truth. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Great. So. Go off. What I like about this is like, she's not, it's not up for debate. No. There is no argument against it. No. With for for her and for, for all the women. I know we keep talking primarily about Elizabeth, but for all the women, it's like, this yeah. isn't up for debate. No. This is truth. Yes. So. There's no, she's not trying to like, head off any kind of arguments against what she thinks. She's not trying to like, I know you're going to say this. And so I'm going to say this before you even mm-hmm. have a chance. No, she's literally like, I'm not playing that game. Yeah. I'm not doing and that. And anything that deviates from this is actually uh, like a, a immoral and goes against human nature. Yeah. Good. So Good. you want to go against the interest of mankind? Fine. Argue. Mm-hmm. But it's against the interest of mankind. Ugh. Obsessed. So those are the resolutions and the declaration of sentiments. And that's basically like, you know, there, we have, I have one fun fact and yeah. I will attempt to sing the song. Do it. But that's essentially like the, the convention. I mean, they, 
these five women were angry. They gathered people. They voted on these resolutions. They drafted a document that said what they wanted. And it was the, you know, the start of this like huge movement. Yeah. Not the start, but like, it was like the, like the codification event. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, like I, like we were saying earlier, like, I feel like this was one of the first, like, big pressures on the legal system because all of this is great like have a convention write your declaration of sentiments but if nothing happens to the laws like it it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it it doesn't matter i mean it's certainly not that this isn't valuable but where it has no where you're gonna see changes you have to you have to get the laws changed yeah so this was i think such a kickstarter in beginning that process yeah um, as we know, as we know, I mean, obviously it took a long time, long it time. Did. It did. Cause we didn't get the right to vote till much later. <laughs> yeah. So we have, there's one more thing. That's just a fun fact. Fun fact. Yeah. Fun fact. Fun fact. Fun fact. Yeah. That was great. I did it. Not as good as you, but it was done. And it was perfect. So the fun fact is that Susan B. Anthony did not attend the Seneca Falls convention. Yeah. You may think. I mean, like, there. I know, I'm sure I thought that at some point because yeah. you start to blend all of these figures together mm-hmm. and you don't realize that, like, time passed. But, right. like, before Susan B. Anthony really got going right. in the public sphere. Yes. She would meet Elizabeth Cady Stanton in 1851 and spend the next 50 years fighting for women's rights alongside her, including co-founding the American Equal Rights Association. Yeah. So Elizabeth and Susan didn't meet until three years after this because Seneca Falls was in 1948. They met in 1951. And then they became this kind of like dynamic duo that we associate with them today. But she was not present. I'm sure she would have gone if she knew. Yeah. You know, but again, there was yeah. like that thing of like, it was a lot of inner circles and then it spreads and then it spreads and then it spreads. So once we got Susan in the mix and Susan was like, I'm going to take this to a whole new level. Step aside, ladies. Step aside. We about step to play. Step aside. Step aside. And the rest is, as they say, herstory. Herstory. And I don't have a better ending than that for this episode. So that's it. Great. That's it. That's the Seneca Falls Convention. Great time. Um, And that's the end of our episode. So as always, if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. You can rate us. You can review us. You can subscribe to us. We love you so, so much, and we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.